When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. When you're talking in your sleep, the romantics here at 932. Gorgeous day here in New York. Finally, the rain has stopped. It is sunny. Highs today, high 60s. We'll go back to 77 degrees on Monday. Joe Tacopina, my dear friend, famous defense attorney, Donald Trump's attorney, still listening, checks in and says, yes, Gravesend is great. My recommendation to Dr. T for a great show on Amazon Prime. So years ago, I used to work at the station down in... Um, Palm Beach, but it started in Pompano Beach. It was my last stay in Florida. A man named Steve Lapa hired me, and it was 640 Sports. It was the smallest of all the Florida stations, but I got fired from every other one, so I had no choice. And it actually uh, propelled me to get back to New York, which turned out to be great. But long story short, 640 had a sister station, 850 in Fort Lauderdale. It's still there. And I became very friendly with the afternoon host. Her name is Joyce Kaufman. She's on the show quite a bit. And I used to listen to a guy named uh, Michael Savage, and, and I thought he was great. And I think I, I think I found out that Savage has a sister that lives in Delray Beach, and she was a huge fan of mine, even though I was on the sports station, not the politics station. This could be all lies, mind you. Probably is, but that's what I was told, that Michael Savage's sister in Delray loved me. And Michael came on every now and then. He probably doesn't remember. But I got to tell you, uh, I believe that there are so many people in the history of this medium that are vastly overrated. I do. You know, some of the people that you mentioned as some of the old-time greats were fine. They were, they were okay. At the risk of sounding like a total douchebag, I think I'm better than all of them. I really do. And Michael Savage, I think, is one of the old-time greats. I do. He's an interesting guy. He's smart. You know, he's not doing radio these days. He's doing a podcast. He's writing books. Talks about God, botany, vitamins, <laughs> all that stuff. So here he is, in my estimation, one of the all-time great talkers ever, the very talented Michael Savage. 
Michael, good morning, pal. How are you? Shit, I wouldn't get up this early for an ambulance. Only for you, my friend. <laughs> Was that funny, Mike? Any truth to that story that you had a sister in Delray Beach who was an avid 640 listener. Is that true or not true? I refuse to answer that question under yes. the grounds that I may go. That, mean, that means that I'm right. I'm not going <laughs> to indict myself. Yeah, of course I do. No, I used to live down there. I have a house down there. I never go there. I hate Florida. You hate, Why? Because of the heat, right? You hate it. Who would live there but a lizard? <laughs> Is this Lewis Black or Michael Savage? <laughs> uh, I have a house down there with a full-time mate. I never go to it. I look at it online. I don't like Florida. Maybe one week a year I'll go down there. No, I'm not kidding. A lot of people love Florida. I don't care for it. It's well, not, I, you know where I live outside of San Francisco? The best weather on earth. The worst social policies on the planet. I was going to say. I mean, you know, Mike. I mean, you know. I, listen, I spent 16 years in Boca, and uh, I, I was the only guy, the only one, 48 years old. I was the only putz driving north on I-95 when the world was going south to Florida. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get back to New York and get a real job at a real radio station. But I have yeah, to no, tell ABC you. ABC is great. I was on ABC for years. I remember. You know that when I was on this station, which I love, it's still, to me, a great, great station. I was listening to you. You know, Sid, i got to tell you this. I have not done radio since I left three years ago. I don't listen to the radio. Once you leave a medium, it's hard to listen to it because you only want to hear yourself anyway, and you're only listening to people to see if they're better than you or worse. Right. So, so I'm not on the air anymore. I do my podcasts. I do a, a lot of YouTube stuff on, on, on religious stuff I like on Sunday mornings. Uh, but, you know, I, I listen to you on the way in here, meaning, you know, I turned it on on ABC Streaming. It's very exciting. You have a very natural flow. You keep it moving. You know, even oh with all the ads in between, you can still hear Sid. And you got a nice voice. You got a, a, an on-air presence that comes across it, and I know why you're successful. I mean, you relate to the audience, and they hear you. Well, that is um, that's an oh my god coming from you because you heard my introduction when I brought you on. I, oh my god, I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I meant it though because I, you know, look for example, I'm going to tell you this at the risk of uh, maybe making you upset. I loved Rush Limbaugh. It broke my heart when he died. He was way too young. I never thought he was all that great on the air. You know, Sean Hannity, who makes oh, $50 million, he does the same show every day. I love the guy. I love him. He's a great guy. But these people, are, you, you, on the other hand, see, for me, it's very simple, Mike. I need some unpredictability. I can't hear the same thing over and over. I go from talking to Joe Beningo about the Jets to talking about Joseph Tacopino about Donald Trump to talking right. to you about God. To me, that's a fun radio show, Right. <laughs> Well, you triggered me now with the God thing, you know. <laughs> that, don't get me started now. I don't want to become like a holy roller here. But that's all I'm interested in right now. The truth is, okay, so I got older. I had a health issue. I mean, if people don't come to God at a certain point in their life, who are they? What are they? What are they? Like a dog in the street? I mean, we're spiritual animals, right? So at some point, no matter how cynical you are, you're going to come to God or he's going to come to you if you're lucky, right? So, you know, years ago, I interviewed one of the great Jewish gangsters. I hate to use the word great and Jewish gangster, but he <laughs> was a Jewish gangster, a murderer, a stone-cold killer. And he said... Well, who was it? He, oh, hold he, on. Was it Meyer Lansky, Bugsy Siegel? You're too young. Who was it? No, no but he, he knew them. He grew up with them. They okay. were his friend, the friends of his uncle or his father. I don't even... You know, I don't want to go into it. Okay. Because I, I appreciate living. But <laughs> he said that he only found God after he was broken. In, in a prison hospital, meaning I don't want to wait for that. 
day, you know. You got to embrace what's out there while you while you're still good and still walking. I know, but what but what happens? For example, I'm a recovering addict, okay? So you are? Uh, yes, I am. Drugs, alcohol, I, I I've had issues with just about everything in life. If you show it to me, I'm addicted. So, <laughs> I've been to more 12-step meetings than you've been to restaurants. But on a serious note, they they ask us. Now, look, God doesn't have to be God. I remember in AA, God stood for a group of uh, group of drunks. It uh, doesn't have to be God, but many folks going to these programs, they do find God because they hit rock bottom. I don't believe there was a rock bottom for Michael Savage. What made you find God? Well, I never, lo- I never lost God. Remember, I wandered the earth looking for healing plants while other people were going to medical school. I love that. I love you know? that. So I, I was always into serving God because of a tragedy in my family when I was young. And I don't want to pull the strings of the, of the listeners. I had a brother who was born a certain way. I didn't know why God did that to him. But I realized rather late in life that these people who we consider to be somewhat handicapped or defective, they're actually our leaders in some ways. If we only reach out to these people who God brought to us damaged, they're here for a reason. And the reason is they're our leaders in some ways if we just tune ourselves down into where they're at and slow ourselves down from the ego trip that we're all on. But yeah, we're getting off the track. You got a fun show to make everyone cry. I don't <laughs> no, I, I make them cry. I talk about a lot of very personal stuff. My father died. I shared that with my audience three years ago. It was a oh, brutal boy. time. I tell you what, I cried just this week on the air. My daughter went back to college, Michael, for her second year. She goes to school in Europe. She doesn't go to Florida State. And uh, she left that day, and I cried the first segment of the show. And I, yeah, I had no, zero. It's a terrible thing. It's horrible. Once your children leave the network. You realize you're one step closer to the grave once you kid. Well, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about it like that, but thank you. <laughs> 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 no, you're right. I think about that every day. Today, for example, is my beautiful wife Danielle's birthday. She oh. refuses to celebrate. She goes, when we were younger, we go out, we have drinks, it was fun. As you get older, she wants to celebrate less and less. I'm like, but what do you mean? Think of the alternative. At least we're here to celebrate it. It's great, no? Stay home and watch a Netflix show and order a pizza. I mean, Exactly. Well, you don't have to go out and party like we used to, but... On a serious uh, note, it uh, it certainly beats the alternative, I'll tell you that. Michael Savage, he's got a podcast, he's got a new book, he does the God Talk segments, he just uh, he just spoke about that. So was it true, Michael, that you were a little boy and you were roaming the streets of Jamaica, Queens, that on the right side of your house was Donald Trump and the left side was Andrew Cuomo? Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I lived at 7310 Utopia Parkway. And uh, Union Turnpike cut across that area. And, you know, up on the other side in Jamaica states were the, quote, rich people near Cunningham Park. Trump lived in one of the rich people's houses, which today looks like a small cottage to me. You know, you look as a kid. But he lived up there near the park, near the rich people, near uh, near Cunningham Park. But he went to New York Military Academy by limousine. I went to Jamaica High School by Q44A. <laughs> But but yet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I distinctly remember picking up my daughter Ava at the train when she was going to Bach in West Palm Beach and putting you on every afternoon on 850 Fort Lauderdale. And I could have sworn I heard you more than once early on before Mark Levin. He was a, don't forget, he was a, was a Ted Cruz guy. Before any of these guys talking to Donald Trump, yes? I, I called it before they, they all did. In fact, when Trump won, I, I went to Mar-a-Lago soon after the election. He came in with the Secret Service, uh, you know, entourage. I was at a table with people. I got up and went over. The Secret Service tried to wave me away. I was like a lunatic, like a groupie. I went up to him. So Trump, you know him, he waved the Secret Service away. He said, no, no, he put his arm around me. He's a big guy. I'm a short guy. 
He put his arm around me and bellows out, without this man, I wouldn't be president. There you go. He never forgets a friend, and he never forgets an enemy. I'll tell you that about him. <laughs> I've been both to him. I voted for Hillary Clinton, but now he and I are very, very, very close. He's on this show practically every two or three months, so I've been both. So on this uh, podcast of yours, uh, Michael, I, I listened to your radio show for years. I could, I could almost quote it verse, but the podcast, what, 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 what do you talk about most of the time? It's a totally different format. You know, if you do a repurposed radio show, as a podcast, it's one thing. If you do original podcasts, it's another. So I do original podcasts. I tend to be guest-heavy. I get a guest on. The beauty of a podcast is we could talk uninterruptedly for about an hour with nothing breaking us up. So you get a good flow going. And I also, you know, don't get the palpitations from every minute of music break or this break or that. I mean, God bless AM radio, but my head couldn't you know, handle it today. But I love AM radio. It's a very exciting medium. I do different things. I mean, this week I did a great thing on the war. I don't even want to bring you into it. I don't know where you stand on this. To me, this is the greatest tragedy of my life. Since you're you're talking about, war. obviously, the war, Ukraine-Russia. Where I stand is, is I don't know if this president is compromised. I don't know if, uh, hey, we're just, you know, trying to help these people out. But for me, for me, and, I, and I'm, believe me when I tell you, I cry when I look at the videos. I feel horrible. Enough is enough. That's how I feel. Enough is well, enough. Let's be clear. The people suffering the most here are the Ukrainians. Eight million have fled. Many of them will never come back. Poland's taken a lot of them in. I had Colonel McGregor on many times. The guy is a genius. Uh, served with the biggest tank battle in, in Iraq. West Point, Ph.D., great guy. He says 400,000 Ukrainians have been slaughtered in this war. That's right. Compared to 50,000 Russians. Do people yeah. understand what that number means? And here yeah. we got a lying government that tells us they're winning. You hear? And don't get me started about Zelensky. He looks like a kid from Queens that you wouldn't have hung around with. This guy is like Creep City. I say it all the time, and I get yelled at by guys like Peter King. I don't trust Zelensky, not even a little. I saw his wife on 60 Minutes this week. I trust her less. And I got to tell you, Mike, we send these people a lot of money, lots of billions of dollars. I have no idea how much goes to the war efforts and how much goes into Zelensky's savings account. And I mean that sincerely. It's the most corrupt country on earth before the war. You can imagine what they're doing now with the money flowing in with no accountability. Thank you. But think about our Congress for a minute. Think about this. There was a chance to pass a bill where there was accountability for the billions we're sending to Zelensky and his friends. And Congress, the most corrupt Congress in American history, votes down any accountability. So how much is flowing back to the mansions in Boca, for example, uh, here in America? You know, it's not all going there. A lot of it's doing a, re a reverse uh, reverse flow here. Yeah, I notice how you picked my old neighborhood, Boca. That's nice, Mike. I uh, want to ask you, though, you're out there by San Francisco, and while Ukraine rush is important, don't get me wrong, and I do feel horrible for yeah, the Ukrainian horrible. people. I live in New York City, and I am watching every day uh, the ruination, the deterioration of one of the greatest cities. It is a mess. Yeah, unbelievable. And you guys are doing the same thing. I, you know, I'm an actor. I've done a couple of films out in Los Angeles. I've seen the tents. I know what's going on in San Francisco. There was a time 20 years ago where I would have loved to live in San couldn't afford it, but I'd love to live in San Francisco. What is happening to your state? Same thing as mine, but how depressing is it for you? I don't know where to get started here. I know the solution. I've called for it ever since I was on radio. What is it? You don't have to be a genius. Everyone sits and wrings their hands. What is it? You get leaders with balls, and they round up the homeless. They put them in internment camps, meaning nice facilities. I don't mean concentration camps. I'm talking about the same kind of barracks housing that our soldiers lived in in World War II. Basic minimal, right? 
and you put them 100 miles away from any city center. That's number one. And you police them, and you have certain rules. You violate the rules, you go to the next stage. But you don't put them on a pedestal and make them into sacred cows. This is ridiculous. And then you put into those camps all the lawyers, all the Marvins from the ACLU. <laughs> put, them, put, them into the, put them into the same housing with them so they can give them all of the legal help that they need out there 100 miles from a city. See, I love both of those. I, you know, in fact, at this station, me and John Katz, Matidis, I know you know him very well. You guys are friends. We say all the time, don't close Rikers Island. On the other hand, use Rikers Island. I say put three groups of people. You so many, there's so much acreage out there, Michael. You can put criminals, you can put illegals, and homeless on Rikers Island. Don't close it. Use it, which is very similar to what you are you're saying. Missing one demographic. What's that? The ACLU. Right. You're right. <laughs> I love that too. So when uh, when can people get your podcast? Is it weekly? Is it a couple times no, a week? I, I put them up new ones every every Tuesday, every Friday. But the beauty of podcasts is it's like I have a library of five hundred shows. All my radio listeners, uh, many of them know. I mean, I have about four, five hundred, six hundred thousand people a week listen to the to the podcast. That's guaranteed. My ad agency represents three thousand podcasts. They tell me I'm in the top five. So there is an audience there for it. What they got to do? Any people that watch, listen to a podcast, anywhere you go, Spotify, whatever, Apple, and you put in Michael Savage, you talk to Siri and say, Schmendrick, Michael Savage <laughs> on whatever, Michael Savage podcast. Yeah. And that's it. And it comes up. You listen in your car here and there. I enjoy it. I do miss the excitement of radio. And remember, I got to say this, Sid, before you go. First of all, thank you for having me. Of course. This is the first radio show I have done since I left radio. Wow. First. Wow. I'm honored. I'm humbled. It may be my last, but it's my first. <laughs> and the only reason I did it is because I like you. I've heard you before. I know you're a nice guy. Actually, my sister told me how much she likes you. There you go. There you go. I don't want to push this too much. There's not going to be a scandal here. <laughs> well, it's an honor for me because, uh, and I meant what I said at the very top of the show, I think you are truly, I mean this, one of the greatest of all time. I do think there's more radio in your future. I do. I'm going to enjoy the podcasting stuff and knock them dead, but... Uh, my money says Michael Savage will be back on Russia Radio again. You know why, Mike? I'll tell you why. You ready? I'll tell you why. Because you're too good not to. So thank you for doing this today. Sid, God bless you. you and too. God keep you well. You too. You're brilliant. I love you. That's Michael Savage, everybody. That was fun. Now that was fun. That son of a bitch can talk. Now it's time. It's a Wednesday. My buddy Frank Siller. And he was always entertaining and funny. Oh, he's great. And now I've got it. Uh, he, he almost said the same exact thing Kelly Ripper said. How many people can tell me I'm great till I actually start to believe it? Oh, please. Like, oh, you not like, Shut up, Lou. Be quiet. Don't believe it.